0: If you're feeling miserable in your relationship or you're feeling like you're not miserable but you're just barely managing or like you are managing but it's kind of just mediocre at times, listen up because this episode is for you. You're listening to The Parenting Junkie Show, the place to go to love parenting and to parent from love. I'm your host, Avital. Hi, I'm Avital. Together with the Present Play community, I am here to help you create family bliss. And speaking of bliss, today we're going to talk about what isn't bliss. (laughs) You're about to find out what that is, what thing we are told is bliss but is in fact not bliss, Wrong. Beep. (laughs) I'm going to tell you what that is in just a moment. But before I do, let me just let you know that the show notes to this episode are over at theparentingjunkie.com forward slash 53. And if you are catching this as it drops, if you're one of those loyal first time, you know, first to get there listeners, and you're listening to this on Monday... Then first of all, thank you. Thank you so much for coming so quickly to listen. And second of all, I want to let you know that we are having a live session today with moi. It's going to be pretty awesome and I would love to see you there. This live session is called Liberate Your Inner power couple. And it's about the fact that everyone can find bliss in their marriage and that you are not wrong for wanting more. So if that sounds good, head on over to the show notes. And if the time has already passed, if we've already held the live session, um, you will be able hopefully to get the replay. Now, it's well worth trying to get there live because that's where I can actually interact with you and take your questions and answers and all the fun stuff stuff and energy that happens when it's live. So I really hope I get to see you live, but if not, as I said, watch the replay, no problemo. Now, before we go any further, I just have to shout out to Lorian Honey. Lorian left me this lovely review on iTunes and it really made my day, made my day. Um, it's, she says, game-changing parenting support. Thank you Avital for not only laying the groundwork for us by faithfully following your heart, learning the steps and walking the talk, but thank you also for having the courage to share it all with the world. I'm not one to leave reviews, but I have to share with you that in the six months that I've been enacting your advice, I've decluttered our entire home, become a unified force of love and patience with my husband, parenting partner, and yell, scream, freak out at my kids like 92% less than I did before, which was what initially led me to find your work. I am really thankful that I stopped crying alone in my closet, looked for help and found your brilliant, real, grounded, and determined self. Thank you. Thank you. Lorianne, thank you so much. Could there be a better review? That is so beautiful. I too am so glad that you stopped crying in your closet alone and that you picked yourself up and found something that helps you to change your journey and to reclaim this incredible journey of parenting to be the beautiful thing that it is. And Lorianne, it's just all thanks to you. I'm just so grateful to have been that thing, that catalyst for you and that my work has helped you somehow. It means everything to me. So thank you so much for sharing it. It's always so generous when people, even people who don't like to re- leave reviews like Lorian, when they take a few moments to leave one, it just means the world to me. Um, so thank you. I know sometimes you can see someone with a podcast and think, oh, they get so many reviews, they don't need mine. I read each and every one and they all make uh, the world of difference to me. All right, so today we're talking about something that is not bliss, and I'm going to explain why I've chosen this particular phrase and this particular topic and what it means to me. And I know different people might interpret it in a different way, but just go with me here. I think you'll find something of of value for you too. So again, you guys know this is the time of year that we talk about parenting in a relationship, partnering, marriage, um, whatever that looks like for you. And uh, if you're not in a relationship right now, in a, in a romantic relationship with a significant other, with a co-parent, with a partner, etc., then hopefully this can help to inform your future relationships or help to understand previous ones. Um, but if you are in one <clears throat> and you're feeling a little bit low about it, a little bit like it's not what you wanted or you wanted more, or there's a disappointment there or a frustration, or it doesn't match up with a fantasy or what you imagined for yourself, you're feeling a bit miserable or, or like you're just managing or just roommates, right? Or just like you've hit kind of marital medi- mediocrity, then First of all, you are so not alone. <laughs> this, is such, this is just a topic that comes up all the time. In fact, the reason I embarked on this part of my work or all around partnering is because I was speaking about parenting so much and I had my present play membership and everything, and it was wonderful. But one of the big challenges that's come up for our community and for myself in my personal life is that all that parenting stuff is great, but it kind of can fall flat or feel sabotaged or simply not take flight, the peaceful, joyful, connected parenting doesn't quite work when we don't have that level of peace, joy, and connection with our partner. When there's something undermining that in the conflict with our partner or an an agitation or a feeling of despondency, disconnect, all of that stuff, it really undermines our parenting experience because the partnership is the foundation of the home. Now, one of the things that maybe you grew up on, I kind of grew up on this, but I think it was just kind of a cultural theme that hangs in the background. It's this kind of 1950s housewife piece of advice or approach to marriage, which is the idea that ignorance is bliss. And I know that you and I, it's not that we think we are completely ignorant to something going on in our marriage and that's bliss. But I think when people say ignorance is bliss, they don't only mean not knowing about something. They also kind of mean turning a blind eye to something. So if you're feeling disappointed in your relationship, you might be giving yourself the message or receiving the message from the outside that you're wrong to want more, that you shouldn't imagine that there's a better relationship out there or in there. It's the ignorance is bliss model, right? It's the idea that you should stay ignorant, stay small, you should bury your head in the sand. You should make do. You should settle. You should settle for less. You should settle for crumbs, right? It's the idea that don't ask questions, don't expect more, don't you know, rock the boat. If you lower your expectations, then there is no disappointment, right? If you have really low expectations of your marriage and your partnership, then how can you be disappointed? The ignorance is bliss model goes into a lot of different things as well. Like don't ask, don't tell, right? This idea of, I don't really wanna know what's going on in my partner's heart. I don't really wanna know what's possible for our relationship. I don't really wanna know what he or she does or thinks about or fantasizes about when they're not with me what goes on when I'm not around or in the privacy of their own chambers of their heart. I don't wanna know. I don't wanna know if they've fallen out of love with me. I don't know if they're actually into someone else. I don't wanna know if they have fantasies about leaving our family or if they're suffering through parenting or if they're anxious or depressed. I don't wanna know, right? Because ignorance is bliss. So if we lower our expectations and we don't imagine about more, we don't know that there's something better out there, we, we ignore, right? We ignore and then there's this idea of what you don't know can't hurt you, right? Which is again, reinforcing the idea that ignorance to something is blissful, that it feels good not to know something because somehow when you know it, it could hurt you and what you don't know can't hurt you. So we stay in in a certain status quo when we think ignorance is bliss, right? We stay in stagnation. Ignorance is stagnation, right? Being unaware of something, not knowing it, not exploring it, shutting down our curiosity. It's about ignoring whole sides of ourselves, right? Ignoring what we most want, ignoring our desires, ignoring our feelings, our urges, our hopes, our dreams, our belief system, our fantasies. It's ignoring all of that and saying, nope, don't ask questions, don't rock the boat, don't push further, don't pry, don't um, stay curious and hungry, instead settle, settle, right? It's settling, ignorance is settling. And that's not bliss, in my opinion, right? Why do they say ignorance is bliss? Because you don't know what you're missing when you're ignorant to it, right? You don't know what you're missing. So if you don't know what you're missing, then how can you be suffering from it? If you turn a blind eye to your pain, or if you push through it, or if you ignore your disappointment, or you pretend that you don't notice the lack of connection, or the lack of sex, or the lack of joy together, or the lack of humor, or the lack of teamwork, then you'll be in bliss. That somehow is supposed to translate as bliss in this kind of 1950s marriage model, right? You'll be happy if you don't know what you're missing and if you don't think about what you're missing, right? So ignorance is that voice inside that says, this is all there is. Don't try for more. Play small, play safe. So if this is something that you've had that self-talk don't try for more, don't ask for more, don't want more, then I'm here to say, permission to want more. Because my guess is that if you're anything like me, if you're showing up for this podcast, if you're showing up for a bigger game of parenting, a bigger game of relationships, a bigger game of self-expression and actualization, then you do want more. My guess is that you want more, that you have this tingling agitating sense, this nudging idea that won't let you sleep, that there is more, that there is a next level to your relationship, that you can take it deeper, further, more healing, more, you know, deeper friendship, deeper connection. And I don't think that's wrong. I mean, if you are literally in ignorance and you are literally happy with the status quo and you don't question anything, then you don't listen to a podcast like this, right? You don't go on journeys like this for deepening relationships. And I know a lot of people like that and they're wonderful people. They're happy as it is. They don't imagine that there is more. They know that people can't change. I say no in big old air quotes because I know that people do change and can change and we all can change. And we all are changing inevitably in every moment but there are some people who don't believe in that they have a fixed mindset they say ignorance is bliss just stay as it is you don't want to go through the pain of evolution and growth and change and you know improvement and all of that stuff it's too hard it's too much energy it's too risky just stay small just stay like the rest of us <laughs> but you're not wrong for wanting more you are not wrong for wanting more. You're not wrong for being that brave risk taker who says, I want to climb to the peak of the mountain. I want to sail out on the ocean, you know? Have that Moana moment where you say, no, I can't hold myself back. I can't not see what is coming around the horizon, what else I, we could be together, how else we could grow together. I can't not explore that. The thing is that what our culture often makes that mean is if you want more out of your relationship and you're not getting it, seeing as we've all kind of understood that we can't change the other person, um, then the only option left is to leave, right? It's like you're not willing to settle for what there is and you're not happy with what it is, then you have to leave. And I want to tell you that that is not the only other option at all. Yes, there are the Liz Gilbert moments. There are the people who are in a situation in a marriage where it's not abusive, it's not awful, it's not terrible, there's no red flags that you absolutely have to leave, but just the, the the feeling, the emotional feeling of disconnect and like that urge of wanting more and wanting adventure and wanting to find a different kind of love urges them to leave. That's, you know, a possibility. But especially when you have children, that becomes more complicated and often not the most, um, the most, Uh, optimized or efficient or radical deep way to be the agents of that change that we seek so I'm not in any way saying that you know divorce is wrong or leaving a partner is wrong in many many cases it's right but I'm saying if that's not something that you want to go down don't despair and don't stay in that place of settling because you don't have to there is a third way you are not wrong for wanting to feel meaning and to feel fulfillment and joy and connection and love and friendship and growth and potential and all of that self-actualization and healing that can happen in a relationship. You're not wrong for wanting to create that. And if that's not happening right now, it's not because there's something broken in you or broken in your partner. We all have that power couple inside of us. We have it inside of us. As long as we're stable individuals, healthy, you know, there's no big mental health issues or big, um, you know, uh, personality disorders, you know, as long as we're generally kind, stable, healthy people who are just struggling with that interaction, with power struggles, with bickering, uh, with disconnection, with a, a lack of mojo and lust and... As long as we're basically okay, but we're feeling very, very disconnected and perhaps even miserable, I believe that there is the opportunity of carving out the marble to relieve and free the slumbering power couple inside. We'll get right back to the show in just a moment, but I have something important I wanted to share with you. I just wanna let you know that I have written a really cool little ebook. It's called The 10 Zen Secrets of Persuasion. Ethically get your partner on board with your parenting style. So what this is, is basically what happy couples do instead of arguing. When you read this book, you're gonna get 10 powerful communication tools to go beyond the arguing and into resolution. Because arguing drains your energy. If instead of arguing, you use these 10 quick ways to become that annoyingly happy power couple that knows how to solve issues, get on the same page, and feel connected. This was born of years of trial and error, of therapy, of counseling, of reading endless parenting and marriage books. And finally, I've learned that being a powerful persuader and ninja of persuasion um, actually brings us closer together. When my partner and I simply argue about things, we're just butting heads and we're not getting on the same page. However, if he can persuade me successfully, then it's great, we get on the same page and we can move forward together. And the same is true of me persuading him. Now, none of this happens behind my partner's back, of course he knows that I'm trying to be persuasive, but the fact is that I use psychological primers and triggers and just smart communication skills to get through to the heart of him and for him to get through to the heart of me so that we can actually align on something and shift our perspectives to join together and move forward rather than continuously bickering and butting heads over issues. So if there's something that you wanna persuade your partner of, be it your sleeping arrangements or your educational process or what you eat at home or where you wanna live, it's useless to just keep going round and round with arguing and better instead is to learn really deep, powerful and meaningful and peaceful tools of communication that actually get through they kind of cut through all of that clutter, and go direct to the subconscious and help us to influence each other because we are the people we want to influence, our partners, right? We want to influence each other. We want our partners to influence us and we want to influence them so that we can work in a harmonious way. So if you want to get your hand on this ebook, it's absolutely free and it comes actually with a free email course. Um, and you can just go over to theparentingjunkie.com slash e-book let's get back to the show but the answer isn't to expect that of our partner right most of us have understood by now that we cannot actually force someone else to change. Believe me, I've tried. <laughs> I've set the ultimatums and I've dragged my partner to therapy and I've been through that whole cycle. And of course, I still, you know, I still want to support his growth and change and coach him sometimes. And he coaches me and he helps me change. And we do that for each other. But we can't force someone else to change and we can't expect that to happen. And the answer, again, is not ignorance is bliss. It's not to settle for less, it's not just to turn a blind eye to our needs. I believe that the answer is to roll up our sleeves and create the bliss that we're seeking, to go out and be these productive, efficient, powerful agents of change within our relationships that go ahead and start carving out the marble that isn't serving us and find that inner power couple. Now, if you're thinking, oh my gosh, that just sounds like so much energy, like shout out to a lot of my clients who have said to me, yeah, you know, it sounds like a great process. I've seen the Parent in Love course and I've seen your podcast and all your free content about parenting and partnering and it sounds really nice, but I am the one who has worked so hard on all of the self-growth. I'm the one who does the self-development. I'm the one who does all the personal development books and courses and goes to the gym and tidies the house and wears sexy lingerie and books the date nights. And I'm so sick of being the one who's putting all the effort and all the sweat into the relationship. I just can't take one more step. I can't do one more thing without my partner lifting a finger to help. And what I wanna answer to that is, on the one hand, of course, yes, you're right. Of course. I mean, you have every right To feel indignant and to feel justified and righteous in your uh, you know, plight and in your victim mindset that you've done everything you could and the other partner person isn't doing anything, so it's not fair and you don't need to be the one to go and create bliss now because you've done so much work and now you need to rest. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I understand that. And if you want to stay there, that's fine. That is fine. But what I think you need to realize is two things. Number one, this is for you. This is for you. You go out and create a partnership of bliss. You go out and become that peaceful partner. You go out and sharpen your communication tools, sharpen your your roots for connection, learn how to answer bids for connection, learn how to divide your labor fairly and in a way that feels fair to both of you, learn how to parent together and align on parenting styles. You do all of that for you. It's not, you're not giving to someone else. Of course, your partner's benefiting from it as well, but you're doing it for you, you know? You're doing it for you because you want that type of partnership, because you want that type of home, because you deserve it. So the mindset doesn't need to be, well, I give and give and give to my partner and he's not, or she is not lifting a finger to give back. The mindset needs to be, I will do whatever it takes to create the family bliss that I seek in the way that that looks for me, because I deserve it, because this is my one magnificent, magical life, and I'm not going to give up on it. I will be a relentless, dogged mofo who will not give up because I want it. Now, when you want something that's hard to attain, right, maybe it's like, I don't know, athlete's physique or traveling around the world or buying a million dollar house, whatever it is. I don't know, some big goal that's hard to attain. You have to put energy into it. Somehow you've got to put energy into it, right? And what I want to tell you, and this is number two, is that you are expending energy any which way. You're expending energy on your relationship no matter what happens, whether you leave or stay, Whether you stay and ignorance is bliss, you settle, right? Or you stay and work to create bliss, you're putting in energy. Either you're putting in energy by being frustrated, by being disappointed, by repetitively crying in the bathroom on the floor, like Lorian, by complaining, by talking to your friends or your sister or your brother or your dad, whatever, about your partner behind their back, by going through fight after fight after fight, by repetitive bickering, by arguing, by sending snarky text messages, by slamming the door, by cold shoulders. All of these things expend a lot of energy. When I was in a bad place with my partner, when I felt like my partner was a terrible choice of partner and a terrible father for our children and the wrong guy to go through life with, I was expending bucket loads of energy on that. Because when we're unhappy in our marriage, when we're feeling miserable, we don't have good energy for other things. We, uh, you know, I'll speak for myself. Maybe this isn't true for you, but I'm far less mindful about money, you know, because I feel sorry for myself. So I splurge and spend money I shouldn't be spending. I'm far less fun to be around. I'm teary. I feel broken. I feel edgy. I'm a way worse parent. I mean, I I let fly at my kids. I'm not patient. I feel sorry for myself. I'm certainly not energetic and vibrant and feeling great and going to the gym and working out and getting out in the world. And I'm less effective in my work. Everything is just pulled down by this feeling of, you know, just like it's an energetic kind of black hole where all your energy goes and then you expend a lot of energy after you know good energy after bad where you suddenly start also complaining about it or you know writing in your journal and feeling sad and, and arguing and getting into these spirals and cycles again again you spend a lot of energy on uh, unfulfilling relationship. And of course, if I were to leave, that would be a huge amount of energy too. I mean, going through the process of tearing a a partnership apart, right? The legality of it, the psychology of it, the logistics of it, um, the explaining, the family, the blah, 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 it's all energy expended. So you are expending energy anyway. If you're a little bit unhappy in your partnership, and I'm not talking about divorce. I know most of you are not considering divorce, but even just fantasizing about change happening or spending time, you know, wondering or stalking your exes on Facebook. I know some of you do that. Don't lie. We've all done it, right? Those types of things take from our energy. They take from our life force. They don't propel us forward into the us that we most want to be, into us, the vision that we have for our lives as mothers and fathers and, and just people. So, If you're expending all of this energy anyway, why not put it into something that will actually move you forward? See, all of that other stuff, it's like driving a car and putting it in neutral and then slamming on the gas, right? No, you know what? It's actually worse than that. It's like putting it in reverse and slamming on the gas. All of that type of energy expenditure, it actually sets us back in our relationship. It actually makes the problem worse and worse and worse. It It reinforces the problem and it cements it in our experience as non-changeable, right? As getting worse and worse and worse. We spiral in the wrong direction. If we're going to slam on the gas, why don't we put it in drive first? Why don't we decide that every single piece of our energy is going to go towards creating bliss, creating connection, becoming peaceful partners, becoming the power couple that we most want to be, that we are. Why don't we put all of the energy that we were putting on complaining or on feeling disappointed or sorry for ourselves or victim mindset onto relentless, dogged, positive energy, committed, consistent, all in with creating the bliss that we want. Let's roll up our sleeves. The answer is not to settle for less. The answer is not to leave in many cases. The answer is to actually take the same energy that we were gonna put into those options and channel it into productivity. Moving us closer to bliss. Now, if you wanna hear more about this, I would love for you to go ahead to theparentingjunkie.com forward slash 53 where the show notes are and you can listen to the webinar, the live session that I'm holding today. If you're listening to this as it drops live, i um, all about Uh, this topic exactly and the idea that you can liberate your inner power couple with practical real steps for bringing your marriage forward, propelling it forward, finding the strength, the joy, the connection that is inside, putting your marriage on a mission, right? And remembering that ignorance is not bliss.